Let's see the Rambam again on the first page. From there, I'm going to want to go to a um, language of the Rambam and Sefer Mitzvahs, and then we'll see the Chavos Chaim. The Chavos Chaim does with that. A kolarvim midaytoy beloy oynes alachas we call a mitzvah a worse matara. Person knowingly, not under the rest, transgresses one of the mitzvahs of the Torah. He shot nefesh with uh, relaxed hachis to act to anger a kodesh baruch hu. Raise the machalos Hashem. It's a chil Hashem. Shenem. It says that's a chil Hashem. Now there is, seems to be a, a jump over here. Think about it. First made a shul shaker that includes that he wants it for financial purposes. That that includes he has some something on the line while he's doing it. I swear I'll do it. Right? And he doesn't do it. It's a shul shaker. But why did he swear? Because he wanted people to believe him. Right? He has motivations. The Rama says, it starts off with saying that the fellow does it, he shot in that fish, just to anger Hashem. I can show, I can do whatever I want, you know, God, you don't control me, that's it, right? And then he went, to, well, you see, my shoe is Shaker, is a chil Hashem. Right? That's a, that's a little bit of a jump. You've over about serving, you still have a base on the flip side, the person refrains from doing an Avera, or he does a Mitzvah. Not for any other motivation. Not because he's scared, not because he wants to get recognition. Because Hashem commanded. So the opposite of doing it to deny Hashem's control, is a person doing specifically because of Hashem's presence. Kimnias Yosef said Tzadik out to me Yeshua Drabi. That Yosef Tzadik refrained. It wasn't because he's trying to get any recognition or any other, any other because he's scared of her. I don't know, the opposite would have been true. He did it because only because of Hashem. And raised the Makadosh of Hashem. That's a Kiddush Hashem. So with the first half of the Rambam, it seems to be a big jump. He, he had this description of this fellow who seems to be evil incarnate, and he says, and that's the guy who swore falsely, which I'm not condoning it, but we can understand why people are motivated to do that. Incorrectly so. That's, the, that's quite a joke. So let's see the language of the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvahs. Because the Rambam has a parallel in Sefer HaMitzvahs as well. That's page. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. Okay. So, um, the Rambam starts off. There's a lot of the term. Do not be Mikhail Hashem's name. Where, where are we on? Who have the Kiddush Hashem? Which is this mitzvah is the flip side and the opposite of Kiddush Hashem, which is one of the mitzvahs that say. Which I spoke about that as well. In the ninth mitzvah of the mitzvahs that say. Okay, so this is 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 this
So the Pazid Lechelashem Kachi is a Parshish Amor. And that language over there is Lechelashem Kachi. The Pazid Lechelashem Kachi, right, Shul Shekhar, is in Parshish Kedoshim. It's a different phrase. Mahoban is a Yechol Kishlashem Kedoshim. This Amera of Kachil Hashem has three parts to it, three divisions. Shnaim Karlin, Ebechad, Meyuchad. There are two very broad applications of it, the one which is which is fairly limited application. So the first one he deals with is that the person is commanded to give up their life under certain situations. And so we're not going to focus on that yet. Okay. But what we want to look at now is the, the, the second part of it. The next page. So it's on the right column, five lines up. Which is also a very broad application, as opposed to a limited application. Is Shiasa Odom Avera, there's no, I'll translate it for now, physical benefits. So, Hanoa is physical benefit. Taiba, it sounds like any, there's a desire for it. Desire to be for physical benefit, it could be for financial reasons, even multiple reasons. But there's no, none of that. Our Kiban, Kibain, who will say, he has intent in his action, to rebel and remove the, feel, the, the, the feeling of, of the, a yoke of heaven. Is that parallel to the language of the Rambam? He's doing it intentionally to show he can do whatever he wants. An act of merit, an act of rebellion. And hey, Zeh, God came to Hashem Shemai. This is an act of Kim Hashem. But like, and he gets Malchus. And he quotes the same Pasuk. And then he says, He says, he's showing the idea of Lahaz. He said, he's doing it intentionally. So now the Rama adds a word. There's no physical benefit. No physical pleasure. So the Ramam seems to be saying an interesting construct. That any time a person does an Avera where there's no physical pleasure, we say deep down what's he doing is he's throwing off the other hand. The physical reality sometimes overpowers the individual. But if that's not there, even if it's for financial benefit, like a Shemeshachar, the intent of the individual is deep down, I want to do whatever I want. That's a fascinating number. He wrote a lot into that phrase. Does this only apply for, for lobbying? What if, what if he says, I don't want to do this business, I say, whatever reason. Is it the same? Um, I would assume not. Um, no, I would assume not. So the Minchas Chinuch, in the midst of Gidonosha, talks about this Ramam. It says, Chazal says, Gidonosha, there's no physical pleasure to eat a Gidonosha. It, it has no flavor, the more it says. The Gidonosha has no flavor. So the, the, the Minchas Chinuch says, according to the Ramam, a person would eat Gidonosha, would be a Chinoshe. Because there's no physical pleasure. So, based on this reading of the Rambam, so it might be, he said, no, it's because of laziness. 
I'm just going to eat the whole thing. I'm not interested in cutting the thing out. So it's not physical pleasure. It's just laziness. Right. But, the, but the, he says, no. The Rambam said, I mean, now, some of them might call physical, laziness physical pleasure. I don't know. But, right. But, right, but in the Rambam's construct, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's an either or. It's a fascinating idea. I'm, I'm, there's, there's no clear source in the Gemara anywhere for this Rambam. But the Chavaz Chaim, in the next piece, takes this to the nth degree. You guys are sitting down, right? Well, that's good, right? Okay. So the Chavaz Chaim, in, in the introduction to his Sefer, besides going to the Lachas of, of the Lashon Hara and Kilis, etc., he introduces by pointing out how many potential avarists are involved in, in, in the, the problem of, of either assays or los assays in a valve of and horror. So he has 14 assays, 17 los assays, and four possible clauses that a person can mess himself up in he's involved in horror. And after that, hopefully you're motivated to really learn the Sefer. That's, yes, that's, the, that's the point of the Sefer, the introduction. So he says like this, in, uh, in, in the introduction, in the Lavin, number five, the person that says Lashon Har, the person who accepts Lashon Har, is over the Veira of Lashem, There's no physical pleasure involved in saying Lashon Hara. Which would cause the, the person's Yitzhar to overpower him and therefore argue it's not because he's trying to be Mechal Hashem, it's just because he couldn't control himself. We flip that around and say the person is showing that he can do whatever he wants. Based on that, that's a chil Hashem. This is the, he's, he's going to put in the in the in the in the bear Kain, which is the, the the notes, the footnotes that support this. He's going to quote the Rambam. Um, Mizad di Barno, I think. Afilu. Yisamish Yisrael. This is what you're any Jew. Leprat im who ish chalshuv. If the individual is somebody of stature. People watch what he's doing. And he says, That's the Ramam's next the ver- version of Chil Hashem. We're dealing with a person of stature that people will learn from. There's a Chil Hashem because you're teaching people to do the wrong thing. So that's for sure true. So let's throw it all on, right? But for our purposes, the first point of the Chabbos Chaim, right, he takes this Rambam, right, so they say that the Chazanish said about this, this Chabbos Chaim, people get a tremendous amount of pleasure of saying Lashon Hara. So apparently the Chabbos Chaim never tasted that pleasure. So he says he couldn't imagine why somebody would say Lashon Hara other than it must be just showing Hashem whatever he wants, because there's no pleasure in getting saying Lashon Hara for the Chavos Chaim. But he says the rest of the rest of us uh, relate to it 
you know, you're getting back at the guy. There's so many different elements. That's what the Chavetz Chaim, that's what the Chazidi said about this Chavetz Chaim. So Steinman responded, he says, you learn his Sefer, the Muslim part of it, you see, you understood very well people's motivations. And still he said this. Still? And still he said this. And still he said this. Yeah. Even though he understood people quite well what's going on inside their heads when it comes to Lashon Hara, he still said this. Because if you look at the Ramam's construct, he seems to be right. And where the Ramam came from is a whole different ball game. Because there's no, right, there's no, so that was the Mishnah which we saw all this last week. Talked about being Mechal Shem Shemayim Beseser. And the Tashiyat said, what does that mean? Shil Hashem is always in the construct vis-a-vis other people. Right? This is a construct, the Ram was saying, the person is between himself and his creator. He's doing it because to show Hashem that he's who's the boss. And that's the Hashem. That, that's a, it's irrelevant for other people. That doesn't have to be there for that to take place. But the Tashiyat says, Shil Hashem means causing a negative impact. So he says, he wants to redo the, you know, explain the mission. It's talking about it wasn't in 10, you know, different ways to understand the mission. We tell the Ramah, seems to take the mission as written. There's a concept of the Chil Hashem Shemayim, the Seyser. Well, the Chil Hashem of negative impact, by definition, can't, it can't be that version. The Chil Hashem of that, that, Giving up one's life, he's not talking about that because the person who tells him to say, sir, he said, punishes him Begali, he's still alive. Right? So, it's not that section. Right. It's not section number one. It's not section number three. So, mostly there's another sector. That's where the Ramah creates this, right, this new version of, of, of the, that there's a Chilash Hashem. Rashi and Yuma. Says the definition of Chil Hashem is Machtis Rabbah, which is which is where the Tosefta is coming from. He doesn't quote the Rashi, but Rashi and Yuma seem to say that. So the Rambam has written is difficult. The Chavetz Chaim takes this and really builds on it. Let's see the Chavetz the the Chaim. So, however, with the Chavetz Chaim. Since it's Lashon Hara, we're sort of restoring the idea that it has to be it has to involve other people, which is, is different. It seems what true, but he, but he, he's, he, that's true, right? So the, the person who says Lashon Hara is Achil Hashem vis-a-vis the other person who's listening. Who's listening is Achil Hashem vis-a-vis the person who's saying, arguably, because he says that before on the Fever, without a listener, right? You know, a guy says Lashon Hara to the wall is not Lashon Hara, right? And, and without without a speaker, so both obviously each one is lifting the on the other one. They're facilitating an Avera. So that's a good point. But the Chabad's time is not coming from that angle, right? He's coming from the angle of that independent of that, right? So the the act of doing something with there's no actual benefit, physical benefit. But that finishes a lot. It's a shame. It's a chilosha. Okay. Let's see the foot. Let's see the footnote over here. Remember, Rabbi Masaper, 
Kumi Masha calls the Rambam, the Sefer Mitzvahs, we just saw, the Shrikhalakim, Kelekabei, Shiasa, Adam, Avera, Shane, but Taiba, Bulayamno. He's a Mechalashem. So the Ram is saying that even though there might be financial benefits, but if it's not physical pleasure, it's a Kilashem. Because deep down, what he's doing is trying to assert his control over the world. His lotion is It looks like an act of being of being lahaches. Now the word kas is anger. Lahaches is to anger somebody. It's it's, it's causative. So an act of lahachis is, as it were, to anger Hashem. Right? That's what it means. The person doesn't marry lahachis. Now, the person not necessarily wants to anger Hashem. But we understand he's, he's doing it intentionally to assert his own rights. Um, so now the Chobos kind of speaks out. The person might, might get financial benefits. Okay, so they they simply stress The The already says so what's that pasuk of Los Yisamim Bishul Hashakar added? Los Yisamim Hashem Hashem Al Kach Al Hashem. Sarsadibris. Don't swear falsely. That's in Parshas Yisroi and repeated in Parshas Neskan. Parshas Kedoshim. It says Los. It says Los Yisamim Bishul Hashakar. What's that added? So the Rambam said that's a talking about a case of a person using the Shua to de- to, as a form of a way to deny a financial obligation. It's a separate issue. So that's the Pasik is talking about using it for financial benefit that says, well, that's the Pasik that was quoting. So we're quoting a Pasik about Kil Hashem, the one about financial benefits. So clearly Rama says, even if it's a financial benefit, it's still Kil Hashem. That's true over there, for sure by Lashon Hara, there's no one over Lashon Hara. How do I know? It's a Gemara. Gemara says the Tainus. Lashon Lava captures all of the um, the animals come to the Nachash. Because I'll say the Nachash, whatever eats tastes like dirt. The lion attacks and eats. What benefit do you have out of it? He said, that's the Pasuk. What is the Balaloshin? He's the Balaloshin. He's the guy who said Lashon Hara. She said, the same way people say Lashon Hara with no Hama, I eat even though I have no Hama. That's, about, that's the Nachash's answer. But the point of the Mori is, there's no Hama by Balaloshin. 
came about in Nikush Mechal Shem Shemayim Ayurizeh. Then he brings all the sources, etc. Now, so he brings the Urayim. Came out from the table Urayim, and Rabbeinu Eliezer Mimitz. One of the Balaitoises, the city of Metz, France, wrote a paper called Sefer Urayim. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a comp- compilation of the, the Tariq Mitzvahs with halachas also. So it's more, the Ramam is really just trying to tell you what the Mitzvahs are. He's using that as a framework to discuss the halachas. So I have, I have this same source idea. There's a mitzvah of having awe from a Kaddish border. And be careful not to the The opposite of Chil Hashem, the interesting thing is Yira of the Shem. Something that you have awe of, you're not going to be treat lightly. So Chil is the idea of treating it lightly. He says, the Musa thought, this Pusik de- impacts us all the way down to the depths. This Mamash goes all the way through it, through your body. Why? Everybody should be worried about this. We've now seen the Hashem applies to many things. Any person who takes any mitzvah lightly, not seriously, something you're all of, you take seriously. If you're taking it lightly, you're making it coolant. It's not something of insignificance. That's a chilashem. He didn't say because other people see. He didn't say because it's a life-threatening. This idea um, he continues and he says that p- people who, who see Kloshan Har regularly look at Kloshan Har as something which is not, not problematic. So that would be this idea. They've not taken it very seriously. So we move from person doing it lahakis to any person not taking it seriously is called a Chil Hashem. So the, the, the Uraim says, my gosh, that's intense. That goes all the way through, all the way down to the depths, that thought. Just, just a general question. Yeah. You know, philosophically, it seems sometimes the, the, the Dolan take great pains not to put us in a position of... Uh, of, of of, of being worse, right? of, of looking at things in a worse way. And, but here, the time seems to be going very far. You know, the risk being putting us all in this getter of bearers. Uh, so it's just an interesting philosophical question of, of, of when do they, you know, do the they come and give us sort of a prod to escape, and when do they uh, take something so seriously that they're going to expand it like we're doing here? 
I don't know that, that Rebbe can answer that because it's a big philosophical question, but it just seems okay. that's what's going on here. So, um, in a very, very general sense, because the, the answer is somewhat... There's, there's different approaches. Like, they say in the Balad Musar, so the Bardic was very much looking at, here's the way you're supposed to be, and if you're not, like, you're, you're, you're not making it. Very strong, heavy Muslim. So Bodhgum was, like, greatness of man, like, you know, this is beneath you, and it's not beneath your dignity, right? It's different approaches. Now, both are needed, and you can't have one without the other, right? A person of doesn't recognize his stature, starts living the neurotic approach, they commit suicide. You know, how horrible. I guess get it over with already. Like, you know, the person knows he has he's significant. He knows he has power. He knows he has potential. He, he, he respects himself. He says, what am I doing? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. That's ridiculous. You, know, you, you need both. You can't have like, the guy was just oh, I'm always wonderful. Like, buddy, yeah, that's wonderful, but you just drove over somebody. You're like, you know, you just bulldozed over somebody. Ah, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a good sonic, you know, like, no, it doesn't work like that, you know. Um, in general, when you're dealing with the, the individual who needs, starting on the low, needs to be built up, you approach on that approach. When a person's on the high, needs to be knocked down, you approach on that approach. Thomas Kahn was starting with the, with the vantage point that nobody cared about Lashon Hara. So say, ah, oh, Tatala, you know, that, that's not going to work. So the voice side, this is serious. The person's coming from the vantage point where something where, you know, people in general are fairly careful and they, and they mess up. You know, telling him how horrible it is is just going to make him more depressed. He got that already, you know. Don't worry, you can handle it, you got it, we can, we can work it out, you're, you're, you have, you know, it's a, it's a very, very general sense how to approach it. So this, Chavaz Chaim, the way we're reading the Ramam seems to make sense, right? And the, the fact that the Ramam sources it in the, a scenario where there's financial benefits, so the Ramam calls that a Chil Hashem. So we spoke about last week, the idea of the awareness of a Kodesh Baruch so now, so let, let's try to take that thought. The idea of the presence of a Kodesh Baruch was called a shame. Shame? Shame. Right? Why is it called shame? The, the Ibn Ezra explains that the word shame and the word shom is spelled the same. Right? So what's, obviously there has to be a connection to the two. Right? Right? Standard Hebrew... Uh, right? Right? So... Give me a favor, like, I need you to speak to so-and-so. I, I don't know who he is. Well, he's oh, six, five, five, ten, black hair, glasses, right? Not very healthy. Ruben. Oh, Ruben! Right, so he says, it's a way to point to the individual. There he is. Sean, there he is. So shame is a way to point to something. Now, I could have him, we don't see his presence. We can't point to him. The acts a certain way, which we ascribe to him, that's a way to point to his presence. Then Hashem uses Rachamim, and we see Rachamim taking place, we say, ah, that's, there's, there's Hashem. So the shame of Hashem 
different names of Hashem are the way to point to Kodesh Baruch from different vantage points. The Russian does this. Oh my gosh, there's a Kodesh Baruch talking to us. So I used the meter of Din, so the different names of Kodesh Baruch are ways to point to His presence. So shame is a way, the Russian's presence is, is, the more shame Hashem there is in the world, it's the more awareness of Hashem's presence is. The less shame Hashem there is, the less awareness of his presence. Right? So that was explained that the, that the Ramah was saying, the person who in his own private room says, look, there's no God here, I can do what I want. He's not going to work out of the room. That's a chil Hashem. He's avoiding the presence of Hashem from the room. The person who's in his own room is saying, I can't do this because Hashem is here. He's being going to work even into, the, into his own room. That's inserting Hashem back in. That's a kiddush Hashem. So now, the Rama says that the decision to ignore Kodesh Baruch if it's done because of physical pleasure, we can ascribe what's happening is that the person is overpowered by it. It's overpowered. The person has a taiva and he doesn't control himself. So it's not a decision to say Hashem is not here. Hashem is here, I just can't control myself. But the Rama is saying that whatever the... Whatever the other, other considerations are not innate in the individual. Money is important to me because it gives me cover, it gives me power, etc. But that same individual, the Alphabet from Sabal has a story. He learned about the concept of self control. He learned, I can't control myself. You know, when it comes not the physical things, but. There's once in the marketplace, and there's two competing women in the marketplace. They had their apple carts or whatever. And they obviously were major competitors and they hated each other. And they was constant invective between the two. Screaming, yelling, foul language, etc. At one point in time, one of the women did something which the other one was very insulted by, upset about. She said, screaming and yelling. And right then, a customer walks over. Yes, sir, what I can do for you? <laughs> says, like, what happened? The motivation is big enough. Right? Business is business. You know, right? The motivation is big enough. So now she has. So the, the reason why a person that makes a decision for money, it's consideration. So I can consider this, I consider that. Money's valuable to me. Some people want covers more valuable than money. If people would know what I'm doing, I wouldn't do this. But nobody knows. So around the deep down, what the person is saying that makes a sure checker, I get away with this because nobody knows. Even though his motivation is money. Whereas when a person is sometimes when it comes to physical pleasure, the person's not making considerations. He's not thinking. He's just doing. Now that's true. If somebody's present, he might refrain because he's embarrassed. But he's not saying, "Well, nobody's here, therefore I'm not embarrassed. I'll do it." He's just saying, "I have such a taiva. There's nothing else helping me to stop." So Rama is making an interesting thought process. Something which is inside of the body. It's not in the thought process in the head. Money is not inside the body. It's a thought process. It's a thought process which we do automatically because we're so used to money being important. But deep down, it's a thought process. Physicality is not a thought process. So the Chavos Chaim, Lashon is the same thing. Then there's no physical benefit from it. 
I enjoy the revenge. Those are, and it might be very powerful to the person. But it's, it's a consideration. As opposed to physical, the Rambam, the Rambam, the Rambam in, 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 when he writes it in the, in the Rambam in, in, in Yana Chazaka, he doesn't mention Hanogashri because it's not Hanogashri. It's not as clear of a language. It doesn't say versus Hanor, not Hanor. But the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvah throws in this idea of Taivan Hanor, Hanor Gashmis. Being, so, so we don't see this realm over here, we wouldn't know how to, this could apply to any mitzvah, but again, the language is only persons doing intentionally to rebel. So, I mean, I, I cop is this idea of a paradigm shift, is that's in your head, if you, if you change the way you look at it, you can snap out of it right. and not be affected, but the physical, you could kind of think anything differently, it's still not going to change the physical. Correct. So, uh, Rabbi Dessler, he talks about this concept of the hero point. So, it could be somebody who just is so accustomed to Lashon Hara that they don't even have an awareness of it, that it's not really at the level of, of this, this free choice. That it, it is, what I'm asking is, is there a point where Lush and Hara really isn't a thoughtful consideration? It's just habitual. The person doesn't realize what they're doing. They don't They don't really can't make a choice because it's not even in the dust that it is a choice. So I, I think you're right, but I think the Thomas Kahn's point would still be true. Okay. Because it's something which is which the person has accustomed, has accustomed himself to Something that's something this person can decustomate himself to, is such a word, right? Right. Um, and there's some element of a decision on that. So, in a desert's muscle of the, the, the battlefront, you have you have the front line here, you have the front line there, you have the, you have the area in between, and then you have the territory which is secure, right? Right. Um, Nothing's ever secure, totally, because this this side can break out, etc. And this side that we assume it for right now is secure, right? But it's this is personal about true. It starts at the beginning, Shir Shabbos is agonizing. He's making multiple choices over the day of Shabbos what to do. At some point in time he gets used to saying, you know what? I mean, he's not sitting by the light switch saying yes or no, the TV, yes or no, you know, the car, yes or no. It's a given already. He's grappling with, you know, whether he should be the newspaper at the shop of the afternoon. That's where he, he moved his line. Right? But that's all the process of being accustomed to it. Physical, we, we learn to control our physical, but st we're starting with something in there, in the body, intrinsically. Whereas Moshonara is not something that's intrinsic to the person. It's part of how, it might be because he was brought up like that, but it, it was, that is nurture versus nature. So, I'm saying so much is nature. Now, there's certain people which tend to anger more than other people. Their nature is, so they have to work harder at it. But there's still a nurture element. It's not, it's not intrinsically in the physical of the person. 
what he said nowadays when everything is, has, you know, has a chemical component inside the brain, I don't know. You know. You know, addiction be an interesting question because the, the, the science now says that it creates this dopamine reaction. It now becomes a physical there's a physical element to it. But uh, the, the process of taking an addict out of it is part of it is taking that same process and using it for something else. So he'll get his dopamine rush out of something else. Re, whereas, I, I, I can't take my food rush, the pleasure of food, and put it in something else. Okay, so that's what I want to do this week. What I want to do next week, I want to start with the Ramam at the beginning of the parak, where he talks about um, the big Nefesh. Well, let's see the Ramam Bakil Hashem we have some little bit of time, so let's do that. There's this third, the language of the Raman says this is what he calls the Miyuchan section. Whereas the first two apply to everybody, this applies uniquely to certain, it's limited to certain individuals. The guy in the gutter who does it, like, oh my gosh, the Kill Hashem, people say you do it, like, people will learn from you. Nobody's going to learn from you anyway. Person of stature does something that people will question, they'll talk about. For example, the person buys, buys it doesn't pay immediately. He has money. They come and ask for the money and he pushes them off. He hangs out in the bar. He doesn't talk nicely. He doesn't greet people nicely. He's, he's a angry uh, divisive individual now the way when you take the average person now and you talk about they think of this they think of this in the context of a Jew visiting the world or from Jew visiting the world because I'm not all the well this would be the point is you're a person people can learn from and you're not living up to, to that role. Or people can learn positive or negative. So that's a Hashem. So the Frum Jew, this would be, the Ram didn't have a role of Frum Jews and non Frum Jews. Right? The Saduk, they had the Karoyim, but that wasn't an issue. That was a whole different ballgame. They weren't learning from the. the so in that world, there's Amaratim and Tamir Chagamim. We have a new, we have a new section, version of this. The Frum Jew versus the non Frum Jew. So the non Frum Jew sees the Frum Jew like driving that in a way which is aggressive, assertive, right? Aggressive, right? They'll say that these people are like they're not nice. 
someone like them, they, they wouldn't really notice. They'd give it a pass. Right. So, the king, the opposite, in detail, the person is very careful. And he's careful to speak gently. He's, he's, he's comfortable amongst them. They find him pleasant to mix. He easily mixes with them. They say from him else, he greets them gently with a, with a smile. The people insult him, he doesn't respond. He gives respect even to the people which don't treat him respectfully. He's careful to do business honestly. He doesn't hang out by their uh, their uh, f- food sessions. You see the person constantly doing the right, working to strive to grow to be better. He goes beyond the letter of the law. He shouldn't go, obviously, go, go beyond it too much. That's not healthy either. But you're striving not to be the point where the person's going to be, uh, find that difficult to deal with. People praise him, they like him, and they want to be like him. That's supposed to say that Klaisel, the Russian, can, can boast of, be proud of Klaisel, because the nations of the world will learn from Klaisel how to act. So that's the opportunity for Kiddush Hashem. So that's a good morning. That's a good in in Yuma. Uh, and, and how do we know that we're, well, uh, how do the more know this is true? So mission says that there's, the, or the Bryce says there are four Kaluki Kapor, four sections of Kapor. Person doesn't do what I say, does Shuva gets Mechil. Person transgresses the Losa say, and then he needs um, Shuva and Yom Kippur to get Kapor. Person also says which has a key of chorus. He's tshuva yisurim in your kippur. Kill Hashem. He only gets kippur when he dies. The other ones don't work. Well, if we the only section kill Hashem is the first one. Person giving up their life. So he's supposed to be dead, right? So that, that obviously that the there wasn't the lack of dying. So you know, you don't get kippur until you die. He has. He hasn't really addressed the problem. So suddenly, this is something which has nothing to do with that. But you should know that Shuva and Yom Kippur and Yisurim can't be mechaper until he actually dies. So Morris said, "What's that?" So Rav says, "I go to the store and I don't pay on time immediately." Rav says, "I walk on the street and I'm not wearing towels and tefillin." They live in a world where everyone wears towels and tefillin all day. So Rav had a had a good excuse why he's not wearing towels and tefillin. But then, what do you mean? You're not wearing towels and What's wrong? What's wrong with the rabbi? You know. So that's so the more introduces a new construct of Hashem. and that's what Rashi says. The Hashem is he's makis a rabbi. What did he do wrong? Right? He lessened the presence of his work. People will learn negatively from him. If he does that, I can do it too. If the rabbi does that, I can do it too. So, well, that's not good. He might have a good excuse. The people don't 
assume that they just people do not down the chapsus. Oh, probably had a good reason. So, so the Chil Hashem is the, again is back to the idea of he's lessening the presence of Hashem's miracle because people will learn for him to do something wrong. So, so is, is this concept almost like a passive form of giving up your life for Kiddush Hashem? Um, yes, it's interesting, the, the, the reporter actually has a piece where he says it backwards. He says, section number two, right, that um, when a person gives up their life for a mitzvah, we know it was no for no other reason. I would like cover while you're dead. It's <laughs> all so cover, right? right? That's the that's the going to be the the way to measure. Putin's alive, walking in the world. We have no idea why. He's, what's the motivations are. When it comes to giving one's life, for sure that's a kiddush Hashem. See, he takes number the, the second section and uses that as a way to define the first section. Um, sorry. Um, um, that's a fascinating piece of Hutner. Um, but in, in a certain sense, Benny Yonah says that a person has to be, a person sent here as a shtayf on Kodesh Baruch to increase his presence in the world. So, anytime you're, you're, you're putting your personal needs ahead of that, there's a Kilo Shem involved in that. It's that's like back to the section number two. You're putting yourself higher on the scale than it goes more. So you're diminishing his presence. Even visibly yourself, not visibly somebody else. But Rashi doesn't go with that. That's what Rashi says. The point is the impact you have on others. That's the, and that's where the, the, the young comes from and says, Excuse me, what's that about? Okay. Go ahead.